live from the offices of Great River Investments in the beautiful city of Burlington, Iowa. This is the Marvin Knows Finances Show. I am your host, Marvin Thompson, your certified financial planner. And joining me today is Joel Jolan of Jolan Media in West Burlington, Iowa, and Todd Sladke, CPA, and my partner at Great River Investments. Thank you for taking a few minutes out of your day to listen in. And for all you listeners on Google Podcasts and Spotify, don't forget to click the subscribe button. If you prefer to see how we make the show come together, please check out our YouTube channel, Marvin Knows Finances, and click subscribe there as well. Just like the last and every time, I have to take care of a little business before we get moving too far forward to please my compliance department. Marvin Thompson is an investment advisor representative and a registered representative with Brokers Financial Member SIPC. Opinions expressed in this program do not necessarily reflect those of Brokers Financial. The topics discussed and opinions given are not intended to address the specific needs of any listener. Great River Investments LLC does not offer legal or tax advice. Listeners are encouraged to discuss their financial needs with the appropriate professionals regarding your individual circumstances. So gentlemen, welcome today and thank you for joining me. Yeah, it's good, good to be here. You. Thank you. So guys, a couple of days ago, I had uh, I had a kind of a cool thing happen. I got to speak to uh, four classes at the local high school. Um, Mr. Kip, um, the personal finance teacher over there, invited me over there to talk to the kids about some some, you know, ideas of some things that they should be doing and so forth in their young adulthood and so forth. And I'll tell you what, I came away from that, from those presentations with a, a pretty good feeling because, you know, we sometimes hear that this generation is an unmotivated generation and they're not really ambitious to go out and work. And, you know, I would say that maybe does apply to some of the kids that I saw, but for the majority of the kids, I was stunned by what they are thinking about, how motivated they are to succeed in life, um, to be better than the previous generation and so forth. It was just, it was almost awe-inspiring. I had one kid, and it kind of cracked me up, but this one kid, you know, I, I, I asked people to raise their hands and said, who, uh, who here has a job? You know, a few kids raised their hands, so I'm going around the room. And I'm like, well, what, does you, what do you make per month? He's like, well, right now I make about $2,000 a month. I said, $2,000 a month in high school? He's like, yeah. He goes, I work about 80 hours every two weeks at the local bowling alley. Wow. And I'm like, unbelievable. Another young lady raises her hand, and she's like, I'm, I probably make about $1,500 a month. What do you do? I'm a CNA. Wow. She's a CNA as a senior in high school. So immediately I go to my daughter, and I said, okay, how do you become a CNA in high school? She's like, the high school is now offering the CNA course while you're in high school. So you can go out there, and this young lady works two or three days a week at the local nursing home, and she's pulling down some really good money being a CNA. Wow. Okay? So it was, it was like I said, it was actually pretty awe-inspiring to listen to what these people are doing. And uh, I just wanted to say thank you to Mr. Kip for inviting me. Um, Joe, I think you've had the uh, privilege mm -hmm. of speaking to one of Mr. Clip, Kip's classes too, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we got to speak to his marketing class and just some of the things I'm doing. Um, uh, a lot of kids had some questions. I was able to hand out a book, the kind of uh, branding book that really kind of helped me kind of get some thoughts or thinking about uh, entrepreneurship. And so, yeah, it was great. Great opportunity. Great. Yep. Mm -hmm. And I was, I was, once again, there's a few kids in the class who that's what they want to do. They want to be entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. You know, one young man is going to open up a food truck mm -hmm. when he gets out of high school. Mm -hmm. You know, he already knows how to cook. His yeah. job right now is he's working in a restaurant somewhere. And he's got family ties. He's going to open up a food truck. Mm -hmm. I'm like, dang, mm -hmm. that's pretty good. Yeah. Ambitious. I like it. When I was 17 years old, I was sitting in those classes going, darn. <laughs> right. You know? 
<laughs> and there's still hope. Look at you now. You're and you've got right. kids putting business plans together. It's pretty damn believable. <laughs> mm-hmm. So so no matter what presentation I give or to who I give them to, I always start my presentations out with a little bit of a quiz, okay? And the quiz that I do is I put three numbers on the board. Uh, this last go around, because these numbers change, was 22724 and zero, all right? And then, you know, I'll throw out some fun things like, can here's 20 bucks if anybody can tell me what these three numbers mean and so forth. And, you know, every once in a while somebody gets it, for the most part, they don't. And the numbers, what they represent are 22 million represents the number of millionaires in the United States. 724 represents the number of billionaires in the United States. And zero represents the current number of trillionaires in the United States. Now, the kids love this, okay? They thought this was pretty cool because we didn't focus on the millionaire number right away. We focused on the trillionaire number right away. And really for the first time in the 20 years of doing these presentations, um, we have an opportunity in our lifetime to see not one, but possibly two trillionaires. And they love that part, you know, because we're like, who is it going to be? And who do you think the guest is? And what do they do? And stuff like that. And of course, everybody right off the bat, man, boom, we got Elon Musk. Mm-hmm. You know, Elon Musk owns Tesla, SpaceX, has a boring company and does a gajillion other things with his time and money. So he was the hands-down favorite to become the next or the first trillionaire. And then, of course, Jeff Bezos from Amazon was the second one. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then we focused on the billionaires. You know, everybody knows some billionaires. They, they read about them. They hear about them, what they do and so forth. And we talk about what are the odds of becoming a billionaire? You know, is anybody in this room going to become a billionaire? And they're like, maybe... But hmm. probably not too realistic, you know. And then the millionaire number comes up. Okay, guys, what are the odds of becoming a millionaire? And they're thinking, they're like, pretty good, pretty good. You know, everybody in that room has a chance to become a millionaire. There's no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then we go on to discuss the, the pitfalls that you could, you know, have that would prevent you from becoming one and so forth. But after we talk about, you know, becoming a millionaire and just kind of the concept of it, then we automatically jump into something that's super important and is what is actually the topic of today's podcast. And that is the psychology behind money. Okay. So what do I mean by the psychology of money? Well, you know, in doing some research for this podcast, what I've discovered is there's many definitions of the psychology of money. Okay. Um, Some definitions focus on the beliefs. Some focus on the behaviors with money and some focus on the emotions. So today what we're going to try to do is we're going to try to discuss all of those things and just kind of break it down a little bit into uh, some easy to understand categories, okay? So let's talk about the beliefs and the emotions behind uh, the psychology of money. And I'm gonna talk about my personal experience because this is what I share with the kids, okay? When I was younger, my parents divorced when I was 10 years old, okay? So I would go, I would live with my mom, you know, for two weeks and every other weekend I'd go visit my dad and he would keep us for the weekends and so forth. And when you come from a separated household and, you know, I'm only relying on personal experience, but you do hear about money conversations when you hear your parents talk, you know, um, a mother trying to raise three kids on child support, you know, sometimes there would be like kids, we just don't have the money, you know, for those hundred dollar pair of shoes or you know, a big thing for us is we would go out and we'd budget 20 bucks a week to go out and have dinner. The four of us would go to Wendy's or something and get burgers, okay? And then, you know, you hear my dad, you know, 
And my mom and my dad had sometimes opposing opinions like, you know, I'm giving you enough. And you'd hear things like, I'm not giving you enough. And I think that's just a relationship thing. It's not a big deal. But as a child, as you're listening to it, and whatever your own situation is, you're going to start getting some beliefs in your head about money. Is money really always going to be a problem? Or is money going to be the savior for everything? Okay. So at some point in people's lives, they have to... um, they have to come up with their own realization about what money is, what money can do, and um, you know, actually change your thoughts towards money. Okay, if you want to be a person who kind of struggles their whole life, always think money is going to be difficult. Okay, money's there's never going to be enough money for going out, and there's never going to be enough money for this, and I'm going to have debt for this, and so forth. You know, you can change your beliefs towards money. And my personal opinion is it starts at a pretty early age. So I stood up in front of that classroom of kids. I'm like, starting today, your beliefs towards money change, no matter what it is. You know, if you're making good money now and you love that idea, make more. Make more money. If you're sitting here and I'm telling them how much money they need to save per month to become a millionaire, and one girl goes, that's it? And I'm like, that's, that's the right way to think right there. That's you can the do right way to think right there. You can do this. You know, you can do this. And you could see the light coming on some of these kids' faces like, you know, I can do that. Right. I'm not stuck in my current position for the rest of my life. Right. You know, when you're 16, 17, 18, you can't make your own decisions legally. Right. Mm -hmm. But you can make some emotional decisions legally. And that's a good thing. So how do you change those beliefs? Yeah, your beliefs uh, come from the environment you grew up in, which is what you're describing. Mm -hmm. And and that can be... um, uh, that can be a, an environment of uh, scarcity or it can be an environment of abundance. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to influence you on, on how, 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 how things start out. But it can also be, um, was, there, was there never any talk about money or was there always talk about money? All of those things are, are growing in, in youth mm-hmm. as they watch. I mean, you know, they, they do pay attention whether, whether you realize it or not. They are paying attention. And uh, that can be good and that can be bad. Mm-hmm. 100%. So as a potential young adult listening to this, you know, your situation, you will control your own environment at some point. If you're a parent right now with kids, think about, think about it. Are you, are you talking openly about money with your kids or in front of your kids? Is it always a negative discussion? Right. Is, Is it always a positive, positive spin, discussion? Negative spin. <laughs> yep. So, so how do you change those beliefs? It starts with yourself. It starts in your own brain. You have to understand that money is not necessarily evil. Money can do a lot of wonderful things, okay? And I just, like I said, I took great pride in talking to these kids because of you could see it. You could, you could actually see some of them changing their thought process towards it. It was fantastic, okay? What about the emotions behind money? What about it? Joe, what do you think? Well, that's, I don't really have a whole lot to say about it other than, you know, whether, you know, growing up you didn't have any, um, you know, was there, was there, were you afraid um, because you, you put so much um, emphasis on it, like it's something that's needed, um, were you raised in a home that, uh, you know, whether it's, um, you know, as a Christian, you know, you, you put your hope in other things other than money and so it, it, it might not affect you as much. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I, the emotions. I mean, you know, I grew up in a, in a home where I would say there was generally a scarcity 
uh, feel to things. My mother was a wonderful woman who made lots out of little and, and, and grew up during the Depression era. Both my mom and dad grew up during the Depression era, and they just had a mindset of, um, you know, you save. You, mm-hmm. you are really planning for that bad time to come. And, you know, it might not come, but, but man, we're going to make the best of, of, of what little bit we have. And, and that's an influencer. I mean, that, that's uh, not necessarily a positive influencer. I mean, it can, it can cause you to be too uh, tight-fisted, basically, mm-hmm. because that's what you grew up with. And, but that can modify over time, too. Mm-hmm. As you learn more, as you experience other people, um, you, you can move off of your childhood mm-hmm. roots, I guess. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah, I mean, and yeah, we, we grew up uh, in inner city of Minneapolis, and Dad had a great job and um, wasn't educated, but uh, came home one day, and he, he worked at a company that uh, uh, they did uh, pipes for oil drilling, and he showed up at work, and they said, sorry, we're not a company any longer. So this is early 80s, wasn't educated, uh, we fell on some tough times, mm-hmm. but at the time it, it seemed in the area that we were living, everyone was like that. So we, I mean, we were middle-class and we always had food, uh, but we knew that we weren't going to McDonald's anytime soon. I mean, and, and what's funny to think about that is my kids, if we said, Hey, we're going to McDonald's would probably go, Oh dad, do we really have to go to McDonald's? <laughs> but it's like, I remember as a kid, that was like, and if we did go to McDonald's once a year, it was like we're getting 10 hamburgers and waters and, you know, three large fries that we're all going to split. And that was still huge for us. But what was crazy is that that's just the community that we lived in. We lived, everyone lived like that. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't any different for us, even though we just knew we weren't going to get new stuff. And mm-hmm. you know, I think that's an important point, too, you touch on is, is not just your family, but what your community. Mm-hmm. So if you're in the mindset of, uh, wow, everybody around mm-hmm. me, everybody else in my neighborhood, they have all of this and I don't have any of it. That that's, that's hard on a kid. Mm-hmm. Or it can be the other, you know, it can be any of the above basically. But, um, we are really a function of our environment mm-hmm. to, to mm-hmm. a large degree. A lot of that's family, but then as you get in school age, you st- there's comparisons going on between those first graders. I'm sure mm-hmm. on who's got the coolest shoes, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Certainly isn't me. It's not my kids. No. <laughs> no. It wasn't my kids. <laughs> they had shoes. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that was a good part. That was a good starting point. That's right. So, so the emotions behind money. You know, I always kind of joke that my job's about eighty percent psychologist and about twenty percent financial advisor because when people come into the office and they talk to Todd and I, they they spill their emotions. You know, we hear a lot of different things about people. Um, the purpose behind that is for us to come up with a solution for it. But the other important thing for us is to listen, you know, because we're not going to come up with the right solution unless we're listening to those emotions mm-hmm. as they come out. Mm-hmm. So we've kind of broken up the emotional part into four different parts, okay? Um, fear. Fear of money. Yeah, fear of money is a real thing, okay? Uh, fear of lack of money is probably the most powerful driving force. People are scared. People come in and they're like, oh, my God, I don't have enough money to retire. Everybody's got enough money to retire. It just depends on what type of lifestyle you want, mm-hmm. Okay. There's very few people that we ever meet with that say, you know, you, you just, you're going to be working for the rest of your life, okay? Um, it does happen, but it's just not that, not that often. Um, guilt and shame, that's the next two. We're going to kind of combine those together. But, you know, I'll talk to people, and they truly feel it in their soul that they're in the position that they're in. 
you know. They feel guilty about the fact that they didn't save enough or they, <clears throat> they understand they have to talk to people about it and there's shame involved in that for them. Um, folks, that's totally normal, okay? But you have people like Todd and I who are sitting out there wanting to help you and we don't judge and people don't judge. Some people do, we don't. Um, so it's an important, natural, uh, just totally normal thing to, to feel the guilt and the shame, all right? And of course, the big one. Uh, envy, envy, and Todd just kind of touched upon it. You know, I don't have the same shoes that he's got, right. or I don't drive the same car that they got, and I don't live in the same neighborhood that they do. All right, keeping up with the Joneses mm -hmm. theory, basically keeping up with the Joneses. And like Dave, you know, we refer to Dave Ramsey a lot, but but uh, keeping up with the Joneses. But what you don't realize is the Joneses are broke. <laughs> they everything they're showing you and you see drive by is all financed and. They're living beyond their means. Rachel Ray, who's Dave Ramsey's daughter, and we're going to actually talk a little yeah, bit Rachel about her. Yeah, Rachel Cruz, yeah. I'm sorry, Rachel Cruz. <laughs> Rachel, Rachel yeah, Ray is the cook. Like, cook, really? yes. <laughs> wow. Sorry, Rachel, if the slim chance of you listening to this, I referred to you as the wrong Rachel. Rachel Cruz, Dave Ramsey's daughter, does, there's a video of, or something about where you got a young couple standing in the driveway of their nice house with a new truck, and then the next scene is them sitting at the bill. <laughs> the table looking at their bills going overdue, you know, things like that. So, yeah, keeping up with the Joneses is a, definitely a problem. I believe envy is one of the seven deadly sins. Is that correct? So, I think it is, yeah. Yep. So keep that in mind, folks. These emotions that you're feeling, um, they all start to change the minute you say they're going to start to change. Okay? It's like losing weight. Getting out of debt, becoming more financially responsible is like losing weight. It's only you who's going to do it. So... Let's start today, not wait till tomorrow. Okay. Uh, the behavior behind the psychology of money. Um, let's talk about self-awareness, okay? And let's revert it back right now to the losing weight. You know, if I look at myself in the mirror this morning and I'm like, Ugh, I do not look, I do not look good. <laughs> I do not like what I'm seeing here, okay? How does that, how does that change if I don't do something about it? If... I'm a real jerk to everybody around me, and I'm starting to get the awareness of that. How does that change if I'm not the one changing it? Okay. Mm -hmm. If I've got a problem with money, how does that change unless I'm the one doing it? So self-awareness is an incredible tool that you can use. And, you know, some of us in our business uh, experiences, we've taken psychological profiles and things like that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you have an opportunity to take one, I would probably encourage it because it's kind of neat to figure out what it does. The first one I ever took was for a management position with a former insurance company. And my big thing was, is I don't trust people, you know? So how do I suddenly change that? That's a big thing. Mm -hmm. I'm in a job where I want people to trust me, but I don't trust people, mm -hmm. you know? So self-awareness is an incredibly valuable tool. Mm -hmm. You know, how does your mind work when you're thinking about this? Is it always I'm right no matter what I do? Mm -hmm. Or are you listening to people? Are you taking that feedback? You know, every, everything's got to change. And like I said, it starts with you. You know, what are your beliefs and emotions? Everyone's different. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a huge tool when it comes to that self-awareness part. All right. Now, speaking of the correct Rachel this time, uh, Rachel Cruz online had four ways psychology affects your money. And Todd actually brought the book that Rachel wrote today um, with him. So we're going to kind of talk about the four ways psychology affects your money. And Rachel, thank you so much for putting this out there for the people to see. 
It's very powerful stuff, and we always encourage people to to read the Ramsey material because we just think it's fantastic stuff. But she categorizes people in you know different ways: uh, spender versus saver, spender versus saver. So this is obviously in a relationship where you got a couple of people, okay? But what they found is that in a lot of relationships, you have somebody who's very dedicated to the saving, and you got people who are very dedicated to this to the uh, to the spending. That can cause conflict. It causes huge conflicts in some cases, you know. Heard a story one time about some friends. Um, the husband went out and just bought a four-wheeler, you know. Or we have somebody sitting here, actually. I'm sorry, Joe. I'm not throwing you under the bus. Yeah, but thanks a lot. In a previous podcast. Somebody, huh? No, 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 no. <laughs> somebody bought a motorcycle in the previous podcast. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Without discussing it, you know. So... Spenders. That one might be a good one to have a rule on, like mm-hmm. you know. You know oh, there was a few rules that was established. Yeah, <laughs> you're free to spend up to hundred dollars without consulting the other. But <laughs> oh, so man, that to, get, that, to get gas for my truck. That's true. That's true. You'd have to call. You'd have to get <laughs> you broke rule. the rule. Yeah, <laughs> you that's went over true. the hundred bucks. Um, the second category of people is nerd versus free spirit. Todd, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Well, I'll talk about nerds because I <laughs> I do understand them. Um, being one myself, and I freely admit it, I have been one to keep track of things that nobody else keeps track of on a spreadsheet for a long time, like when spreadsheets were still paper and pencil. And I just, it a it, uh, little bit brings comfort to kind of keep track of things. It's an organization kind of thing. It isn't necessarily a, uh, a saving kind of thing. It's just kind of like I guess that I went into the right profession, I guess, because I keep track of things. But, yeah, the nerd in the family is going to be the one who's going to know where every dime is spent and who did it and what date they did it on. It can be very non-fun for the free spirit. The free spirit is going to want to be able to just kind of live life and do things that are fun on impulse a little bit or without so much thinking about each and everything. and. Um, that can create conflict as well. It sure can. So that kind of relates back to a previous podcast we did on relationships and money. Yeah. You know, it's a team effort, folks. It's a team effort. And if you do have a free spirit in the family, them sitting down to listen to the nerd talk about the spreadsheet is going to be painful. Be painful, painful for, them. for them. Painful for them. But if you want the success, if you want the psychology to change, you have to understand that the free spirit's going to have to come up to the point of the nerd a little bit, and the nerd's going to have to come down and not be so hard on the free spirit. Mm, that's right. Okay, come up with that good compromise. Uh, safety versus status. What does that mean? Safety versus status. Here's what I think of that. Safety people are almost like that unknown millionaire next door. You know, these are people who you would really never know have even any money. Okay, and then the status people are the ones who are very comfortable flaunting their wealth. They're the ones driving the fancy cars, wearing the fancy jewelry, you know, taking the luxurious vacations and so forth. And it may not be wealth that they're it may not be wealth showing you. Exactly, it might be debt that they're showing you. Exactly right. But it comes across as look at those I'm people doing well. Look at those people. They got all the toys. I'm totally envious of them. Mm-hmm. Back to the emotions behind the money. So. Safety versus status. There's, there's definitely, you know, it's, it's going to tie probably back into the spender versus saver and the nerd versus the free spirit. You know, 
the nerd, the saver, they're going to want that safety status in their life. It makes them feel good knowing they go to bed at night with a certain dollar amount sitting in their checking account. Where on the other hand, the status person's like, I am so happy to get into my new, my new car, my brand new car today, and drive around. And, um, you know, so once again, it's, it's all relating back to that relationship, <coughs> your thoughts on what's good for your family and so forth. And then we've kind of already touched upon the fourth, the fourth thing, which is your family and your childhood. You know, I have a firm belief that your emotions and your psychology towards money are created at a very young age. Um, it has to do with your environment, whether it's your family, your friends, uh, the town you grow up in, the school you go to, uh, what your first job is, who you're listening to, who your mentors are, and so forth. So, you know, the, the, the impact of money, the impact of thoughts of money can really direct what your entire life's going to look like if you're not willing to make a change towards something that you think is positive. Now, I say you think is positive because, once again, I referred back to earlier when I say everybody is different when it comes to the beliefs and the emotions behind money. Everyone is different. Mm -hmm. All right. Joe, you're thinking about things differently than I am. Todd, you're thinking about things differently than I am. Mm -hmm. Okay. Bottom line is what we're trying to do is we're all trying to get to a goal that meets our personal needs. Okay. And if that personal goal is to become, you know, worth $10 million, fantastic. Okay. Go for it. If my personal goal is to retire at age 55 or 60 years old and I want X number of dollars in retirement, where am I going to get it from? Good. Go for it. If you wake up in the morning thanking the good Lord for having another breath of air in your lungs and you're happy with where you're at in life, that is perfect. Okay? But bottom line is don't be afraid to change your thoughts on money. Don't be afraid to change the psychology, the psychological impact of money in your brain. Okay? No different than losing weight. No different than getting out of debt, no different than working towards a goal, you know, whatever it is, be willing to change it. And whether we like it or not, I mean, there are a lot of ways that um, we're marketed to that are trying to change our psychology about money that, okay, I grew up in a scarcity family, okay, so not, not a free spender by any means. And uh, can be criticized about that and laugh, laughed at about that. And I can laugh about it myself because I kind of agree with it. But you're marketed to constantly on where you should be spending money. It's not just your neighbors driving into the, with the new car. It's, it's all the ads you see on TV. Um, it, it, it's, a, it's a combination and it's, and, it's, and it's years of seeing this that, yeah, new is better. Shiny is better. You know, uh, bigger is better. And... All of that is slowly over time also changing your psychology about money. Even mm -hmm. if you had a different childhood rut, um, it can change for the good over time or it can change for the bad over time. And you may not know that you're actually changing, but it changes. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, as we kind of recap the show, you know, the three of us grew up in different households. Uh, Todd grew up, or, I'm sorry, Todd grew up in northern Minnesota. Joe grows up in Minneapolis area. I grew up in southeast Iowa. Um, I would say none of us came from any sort of wealth whatsoever, okay? But I think the one thing that we can take away from it is, you know, our parents showed us great love. Mm -hmm. Our parents installed an unbelievable work ethic into us. Our parents were brave enough to tell us no when they couldn't do something, okay? I'm not sure that happens a lot nowadays. I think it's just easier to swipe the credit card and make sure the kid says yes and gets the whatever they want. So, you know, I, I would say on behalf of all of us, you know, thank you to our parents because, 
um, if the one thing they gave us besides the love was the work ethic that then allows us to get to where we are in this point in our lives. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty fantastic. Mm -hmm. So, all right. So to close the show, you know, just to kind of recap, the, the psychology of money is such a powerful topic. You know, we could probably sit here and talk for another hour on it, but in order to uh, get where you want to go, you may really need to dig into yourself. You know, all problems in life starting start with digging into yourself. Uh, you may be forced to change your behavior to reach whatever goal you desire to achieve. You know, everyone is different. We've said that before. Everyone is different. Everyone has a different set of goals. Uh, we all come from different childhoods and we have different beliefs. Um, we would love to have the discussion with you and help you in any way we can. Um, that's what we do. Like I said, we, we listen, we listen, we listen, and then we come up with a solution. So our heartfelt thanks goes out to all of you today for listening. Um, a special thanks to Joe Jolin from Jolin Media and Todd Slatke for joining us today and providing their amazing feedback and information. Um, we always want to hear from you. Please reach out to us by either giving us a call at 319-576-2264 or visiting our website at www.greatriverinvestments.com. Go to the Contact Us section of the site. Um, one of us will be in touch with you shortly to discuss our next steps together. So thank you all very much for listening. Have a great day and talk to you soon.